I'm Kate. This is That, that Took a good turn. turn. The podcast. The podcast. Woo. The very first episode yeah. of that podcast. Very special. A very special night. A very special day. Very special day. Hannah, what is this podcast? This is a podcast where you and I, Kate, are talking to each other about things that honestly just pop into our heads. For sure. Yeah. And we're giving them to you, listeners. We're giving you our thoughts. We're popping them into your heads. Exactly. We're popping them into your ear holes, to your brains. Love it. I've never uh, thought about my ears in terms of the holes that they are, Mm -hmm. but now I will never unthink of that. Exactly. And you won't straight, either. Straight in there. Yeah. We just want to talk to each other and get curious about all of the things. All the things. Because you know what? We've been doing it out of the public yeah. for 16 years. Too long. <laughs> Too long. So now we make our, our debut. <laughs> We've made our debut. We have made our debut. And we continue our debut. But what if we were still in fourth grade? Ah. Uh, that would be pretty great. Makes me think of your idea to interview some young folk yes. on this pod. I want to know what's cool. What's cool for the fifth graders of the world? What's cool for the eighth graders? Talk dogs of junior high. Yeah. How about the seniors? I know. Get it, get it. Should I shop at Goodwill? Do I cut my clothes unevenly? Yes, what? probably. Probably. Are we still using Instagram? What shoes are popular these days? How do I log into TikTok? Which shoes are popular for elementary schoolers? I mean, I feel like if the answer is anything except for light-up shoes or Heelys, we're wrong. Where are we in the world? Clearly I'm not in a good place. I don't know. Uh, but these are the things that we want to know. That's why we're taking turns. Yeah. We, we don't know what's coming next, and... Uh, Neither do you. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> do you want to introduce the topic for this week? Yeah. So, as this is our first episode, our topic is turning points. Ah! Isn't that revolutionary? I can't even believe that that's what we have chosen. (laughs) Crazy, because we've chosen it. It's as if I knew. Whoa. Wow. Um, so, we each kind of blindly took the topic of turning points and gathered our thoughts, gathered information, and here we are presenting them to each other and to you. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what you've come up with. Yeah. So, um, I was looking up stories of people who had outcomes that were just truly against the odds, like kind of inspiration stories. Yeah. Incredible people. And so I am going to tell you the story of the life of Wilma Rudolph. Wilma Rudolph. Yes. Does the name ring a bell? The name does not. It didn't but for I, me either. I do love the last name Rudolph. And I love the first name Wilma. Yeah, that's true. There's yeah. just no going wrong with that one. Aww. Wilma Rudolph. Tell me more. Tell okay. me more. So, Wilma Rudolph. She was born on June 23rd, 1940 in Tennessee. Okay. Again. You're the only 10 I, I see. see. Mm. Okay, so picture yourself there. Put yourself there. Where are we again? 1940, Tennessee. 1940. June. June. Summer. Beginning of summer. Oh, the June bugs. The June bugs. What is a June bug? I don't I'm not, know. We don't need to know. Um, okay, so Wilma, born in Tennessee, she was the 20th of 22 children in her family. What? Yeah. Kind of wild. How? So, can you imagine? No. 
Oh my lord. No, I can't imagine. But her her dad had two marriages. She was um uh a pro Did, Okay, a product of the second marriage. The second marriage. I got to know though, how many kids per marriage? I don't know. That's what if he had like one in one marriage and 19 or no, oh. was it 22? Yeah, 22. So it would be 21 <laughs> Focusing back on Wilma, she's the real star of this show. So absolutely. Um, so she was one of twenty-two children, the twentieth. I just yeah. She um, when she was very young, she was diagnosed with some health issues. She was diagnosed with scarlet fever, and also scarlet fever, scarlet <laughs> fever, and um, also polio. Dang. Um, yeah. So the polio really affected her her legs, primarily her left leg. Okay. Remind me, what also is scarlet fever again? Hmm. It, it's a fever, correct? It's a fever, um, and it's scarlet, so that I would imagine your cheeks get really red, your face gets really wet, mm. red. I know that people died from it. I see. So um, it's a deadly rosacea type deal. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Precisely. So when she was young, she had some pretty concerning health conditions. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this was about the time that she was like five years old. Um, due to her polio, she was wearing a leg brace until she was 12 years old. Um, there was, at the time, very little little medical care available to African-American residents of her town. So her parents brought her um, about an hour away to get treatment, do physical therapy for for the issues with her legs. The doctors were giving her a very bleak outlook on her future. I feel like with her being an African American female, mm-hmm. I can't I I can't imagine that there would be many doctors that would give her the mm-hmm. the treatment that she deserved. Yeah. And deserves yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm not sure. I mean, like if any who, doctors out there who who worked with Wilma or if Wilma <laughs> herself is out there well, wants to tell us. I, Wilma has passed. Hannah. I know this what? is the worst time to break the news. But don't worry. Don't worry. The story gets good. Oh, okay. Um, so she and her mother traveled about an hour um, each week. I have to ask, was her father in the picture? Did you already say that or not? I believe so. Okay. Um, this, uh, what, oh, by the way, sources for this is womenshistory.org and Wikipedia. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Just Wilma Rudolph, right in the Google. So the doctors were giving her a pretty bad outlook on... Life. Life. Her entire future. Um, a quote from her is, my doctor told me that I would never walk again. My mother told me I would. I believed my mother. Mm. So, her oh my god, does she walk again? <laughs> you just wait. What? You just wait. You just wait. Oh, Wilma! Um, so, according to womenshistory.org, it, it says her parents, so I'm guessing that her father was also, like, still in the okay, picture. Okay, cool. Um, Not that there's right. a, you know, a you better know. or worse way to do it. I was just curious. You never know. Yeah. Her parents and her siblings kind of rallied around her and... We're putting a lot of effort into helping her go through like physical rehab and I mean, trying to gather that strength back in her leg. If you have twenty two siblings or twenty one siblings, that's three hours of sleep for you, and each one takes <laughs> another hour. 
So her family would often massage her leg, help with physical therapy. Uh, by the age of six, she was able to hop on her one right leg. By the age of eight, she would be moving around with the leg brace. So okay. things were starting to look up a little bit. By the age of 11, womenshistory.org says Rudolph's mother discovered her playing basketball outside. What? Yeah. What a moment. Can you imagine being that mom and looking out the window and you see your and seeing your, your daughter child. playing basketball? Yeah. When the doctors were like, no, she'll never walk again. She'll You're never like, walk. Mm, she might actually be a baller. Yeah. It truly. Okay. So by high school, Wilma was engaged in basketball and track. I thought you were going to say engaged in, like, marriage. No, no. (laughs) Something far cooler. (laughs) Yes! So, she ended up setting a record for her high school girls' basketball team. She scored 803 points for her sophomore year. Wow. Which apparently is incredible. I don't know a lot about sports, but, like, that sounds... Hannah, yeah. (laughs) I just saw that uh, her high school coach... Gave her the nickname of Skeeter for Mosquito because she moved so fast on the court. And yet, the doctor told her she she would never never walk. walk. Wow. It gets more impressive. Do Uh, all of her siblings show up to every single game? Is that what you're about to tell me? I would hope. You know that there's, like, her one little sister is there Uh, in the stands for her the entire time. You know it has to happen. I mean, props. Um, Probably. Excuse me. So, cut to... 1956 so time and place she is she's what 16 years old Uh, at this point in time from 1940 to 1956 yes if my math stands your math seems to stand she is 16 a junior in high school she goes out for the 1956 summer olympic games she's a runner she's a track star yes Sorry, I had to just say it. (laughs) So she goes out for the 200-meter race in the Melbourne Olympic... Melbourne. 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 Shrimp on the bob, eh? (laughs) No, that's wrong. That's Australian. Wait, where's this one? Where's Melbourne? Melbourne? Australia? Yeah, that's in Australia. Australia. So they're in Australia, I believe? Cut that. Nope, I think that needs to stay. She (laughs) goes out for... The 200 meter race, the Melbourne Olympic Games in Australia. Ah, shrimp on the bob, eh? That's what that's I what hear they say. They say. Um, okay, she was defeated in uh, her preliminary heat of the 200 meter race in the Melbourne Melbourne Olympic Games. I if I didn't know you, I'd think you're Australian. That's that's what I have to say. Well, she ran. I can't even do a fake one. You know. You should just try for the rest of the episode. Maybe not. She ran the third <laughs> leg of the four by 100 meter relay. Her fellow relay mates were Isabel Daniels, May Fags, and Margaret Matthews. They were all within the same organization. They ended up winning the bronze medal in that Summer Olympic Games. Was it in Australia? Yes. Amazing. Yes. Uh, they matched the world record time of 44.9 matched it? seconds. 44.9 seconds. I'm pretty sure that was her leg. I don't know what the uh, the 4 by 100 meter relay is like. I see. Personally, because I've never ran in my life. 
You've never... Ever. Really? Have you ever speed walked? No. Speed woked? Do you remember <laughs> the uh, student who was the exchange student in high yeah, school? Yeah, Mizuki. Who, yes. She was a speed walker. She was from like, Japan, I believe. Yes. And she was like like world chap world champion yeah walker oh yeah yeah. she had some mad stepping skills yeah yeah so amazing um anyway so she ended up participating in multiple olympics she participated in the 1960s summer olympics while she was a sophomore at tennessee state university i can't imagine this so cool in college in high school, like she, yeah, she was true. sixteen at her first Olympics. I I failed my driver's test three times. There's no way <laughs> I was. There's no way that we would have been at the Olympics. No, no, I couldn't have even gotten there if I tried. Right. Um. So, Wilma wins three gold medals after all of her time at the Olympics, and the bronze that she won with her relay team. Um. Upon her return home. All of her siblings are at the airport. All, all picture this. <laughs> all of her siblings are there, waving their homemade flags with her face uh, on them. Everybody shouting, "Wilma Rudolph! Wilma Rudolph! Yeah, Wilma! Wilma! Wilma!" Oh, I can hear it. I'm there. So this woman won three, won three, broke three world records, won three gold medals. As I said. She became the first African-American... No, no, no. The first American woman to... Yes! Yes, yes. yes. Important correction. She was the first American woman to win three gold medals in track and field at the same one Olympic Games in 1960. Okay, if... You can even believe it. The story gets even better. I don't think I can, but please, of course, try to this me. woman is incredible. Um, so she she was known as the fastest woman in the world at this point in time. She returns home, like we said, everybody's cheering for her. Wilma, Wilma, Wilma. Mm. She refused to attend the homecoming parade that was put on for her in her oh. hometown. She refuses to attend this parade why why she said that she would not attend the parade due to the segregation that was so rampant at that time oh, okay makes sense yeah so she used her platform to be able to say that if this parade was not integrated it wasn't going to happen it wasn't going to be a thing oh incredible so she ended up winning um did the parade happen though did they integrate I believe that's okay good she she was also honored with um the associated press female athlete of the year award in 1961 um after that she retired from track and field she finished her degree at tennessee state and worked in education (gasps) which is dope we love that um she continued her involvement in sports she was inducted into the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame and started a nonprofit organization to help other young girls and boys pursue track and other athletics. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, in 1990, she was the first woman to receive the National Collegiate 
Athletic Association's Silver Anniversary Award. The NCAA Silver Anniversary Award? Is that what it is? Well, National Collegiate. NCAA. Yeah, NCAA. She was inducted into the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame and started a nonprofit organization to encourage youth to pursue track and field and other sports. That's amazing. She's, She's actively giving back to her community. Um, she was the first woman to receive the NCAA, which we know now we, stands for yeah. the National Collegiate Athletic Association. <laughs> Silver Anniversary Award. A primetime movie was made about her Ooh. in 1977. Um, she ended up passing away in 1994 of a brain tumor. Mm. But this woman... She, honestly, (laughs) that's exactly it. She defies any, no words can explain how incredible she is. I just don't understand how you can be told as a five-year-old, a six-year-old, that you're never going to walk again. And then come back 10 years later, you're 16, you participate in the Olympics, and then you eventually become known as the fastest woman in the world. Yeah, that's... Huge. I and what I'm wondering like what. I guess you did kind of say it. Her mom saying that she yeah. would walk again, yeah. being that that moment or turning point for her. But yeah. I wish I wish we could sit her down today, or I guess wish she's still alive, and we mm-hmm. could sit her down today and ask what what made you keep going, even though mm-hmm. everyone said you couldn't. You, yeah, especially with barriers that mm-hmm. are put in place at that time. Yeah, like nobody would have been counting on. Or betting on a little black girl to be so successful right. and blow everything out of the water. And then for her to use her platform to make amplify a, those yeah. voices. Yeah. That's so amazing. And to make a statement that, like, just because she then had some sort of clout, some sort of power, some sort of recognition, that, like, she wasn't about to turn her back on her own community. She wasn't about to turn her back on her hometown. Right. She wasn't, you know, she, like, she through and through stood for something and I think the hard part though is I feel like she would have been chastised either way mm. like if she didn't you know stand up for her community in that way let's say she just didn't want the public attention in that mm. way well I think that would be fair but she would have been yeah. chastised for it just the same as I'm sure she was chastised for you know standing up for Doing the right her thing. identity yeah 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 I feel like at that I mean, I, I c- could only imagine. Right. I just um, think it was very brave of her to do that as as it is, you know, yeah. anyone who stands up for what they believe in. Yeah, but. absolutely. Um, but so that, that was a story that I came across that absolutely, like, when we talk about turning points, I don't know what's a bigger turning point than going from not being able to walk to being an Olympian. Yeah, that's a pretty big 180. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wilma Rudolph. Nice job, man. Thanks, dude. Very good. A plus. I want to know about all the good things. Me too, dude. Anything that you want to share, give a shout out to. Promote. A creative pursuit. Small business. We got you. This airspace could be yours for the price of zero dollars. 
Zero dollars. Email us at thattookaturnpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to include some info, what you'd like us to say, and we'll read it on the air. You support us, we want to support you. So I guess back to the episode? Bye. Adios. Kate, what do you have? Well, I definitely went down a bit of a rabbit hole in my research. Um, And I just, I wanted to be absolutely certain that we were not going to have the same topic How on earth could you be certain of that? There's like a one in... Five billion chance. You're right. But I just, I figured I would use reverse psychology and that you would probably be looking for an interesting topic. And so I looked for... So you for, look for a boring one? Yeah. <laughs> I looked for the most boring thing well, tell me. I could possibly find Bore to me. see if we could make it interesting. Bore me to death. Absolutely. That's a very wise choice for our very first episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. No, truly, I mean, it's... You, you might laugh when you hear what the topic is because I did spend... Uh, three hours if we're being great. modest. Great. Today, researching Let's do this. It. Roundabouts! Oh. <laughs> what? I mean, what's the most literal version of a turning point you can have? A constant rotation, a circle, a roundabout. Wow. Yeah. Can I just ask, like, what was the thought process that led you there? I mean, they're just plain fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. My <laughs> okay, tell me. <laughs> My sources today are Wikipedia and www.yourdictionary.com. Great. <laughs> and The Onion. Oh, love The Onion. Yes, we do love The Onion. Uh, um, no, the, I mean, you did ask me what led me to this and truly the most boring the search for the most boring version of this topic I could find, but also I just remember um, being in Richfield, Minnesota with my cousins and my uncle would be driving his Suburban and there was a roundabout in like near their house and we would just go and be like, you ready kids? And we would just <sighs> go around the roundabout for like ever. Cause that's totally illegal. I remember Wait, learning it about- is illegal. No, it's totally legal. Oh, it's legal. Interesting. It's legal. Like, I remember learning in driver's ed that you can go around a roundabout forever, yeah. essentially, as like, and that's totally chill. I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> and we would do that as like a fun carnival ride. Oh my just God. to, you know, pass the time. And I just thought that was, I thought that was very fun. Of and course. now, looking back, I realize roundabouts are maybe not the most fun. But at that point, and in that moment, it was just plain fun. Good. So... Let's let's dive in, shall we? Please, ah. tell me about roundabouts. I mean, there are so many freaking kinds of roundabouts, Hannah. Like, you would not believe. Let me just name a few for you. Please. We've got turbo roundabouts. We've got raindrop roundabouts. Balcony roundabouts. What? Gyratory systems. Ew. No. <laughs> <laughs> no way that's the name. That absolutely is another name for a roundabout. Wow. Guaranteed on Wikipedia. Uh, mini roundabouts, which are Blackmore originals. What? Uh, I'll explain that. Okay, I thought it would right. be fun. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, magic roundabouts. Ooh, that sounds like my favorite one so far. Yeah, you know, the one thing I didn't do is look up all of these different types. Because oh. I'm not, I just yeah, don't think that's, that's that. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's all kind of the same thing. They're roundabouts. <laughs> Basically, you know. <laughs> They're all roundabouts. Um, 
My personal favorite, the hamburger roundabout. <gasps> <laughs> what is that? Tell me you look I that one I don't up. know. Oh. I do not know. It said something about, like, the layers of a hamburger, but I'm like, what about a sandwich? What about, you know, any other thing with layers? Why a hamburger? So true. So. So true. Yeah. There are so many other things that have layers. Exactly. Onions. A cake. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, the the roundabout that I would like to talk about today. Yes, please. <laughs> although I really do wish I would have done the hamburger roundabout, I chose. This podcast is just about roundabouts. Oh my God. <laughs> Should we just do that? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the roundabout I would like to discuss with you today, Hannah. Please. On our roundabout podcast that takes all the turns. Mm-hmm. Is the modern roundabout. Which is not as fun of a name, but, you know, here we are. Is so, the modern roundabout, yeah, what was your question? Is it the one that I'm familiar with? I can only assume. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Honestly. Excited. Most likely. Great. Yes. The one we're going to talk about today is the classic modern roundabout, which was envisioned... <laughs> I just... I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's hitting me that I spent three hours. (laughs) No, I can't wait to learn. I can't wait. (laughs) Okay, we are so ready for this. Okay. The the classic modern roundabout was envisioned by Frank Blackmore and the other engineers of... Thank you for snapping along with (laughs) your support, Hannah. Tony! Tony the pod dog is just... He's having a moment. He's fixing his blankets. He'll probably be around. You might hear him in other episodes. But anyway, back to Frank. Frank Blackmore and other engineers at the UK Transport Resort Research <laughs> Laboratory, also known as the TRL, mm-hmm. created the roundabout. So I was very confused as to like what that exactly means. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Me too. Yeah. Um, but first, a little bit about Frank. He was born in Algeria. On February 16th, 1916. And okay. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. That's an early time. I know. I just, I think about 2016 when we graduated high school, and that was 100 years prior. So, anyway, baby Frank in a manger. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so he studied civil engineering in England, and then he went on to become a highly decorated member of the British Royal Air Force during World War II. So, Have you ever been in a two-lane roundabout? Yes, and yeah. I don't understand them. It's stressful. It is stressful. Very. <laughs> There's two of them right in a row up <laughs> in, like, the northwestern part of Denver. There's two roundabouts right in a row. Right in a row, and they're both double lane. And Ooh. then the second one leads on to high... One of the freeways. I don't remember Interesting. which one. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So stressful. Very. Well, it would have been way more stressful pre-1960s when the modern roundabout was created because instead of so now when we merge into roundabouts you kind of go with the curve right yes these didn't do that they like they entered on one side and the incoming cars had the right of way so if you were already in the roundabout you did not have the right of way and it wasn't like a roundabout it was like a 90 degree ew yeah change and I truly this is probably what I spent an hour trying to figure out like what Frank Blackmore even did differently than the rest of the people who, you know, knew what circles were. <laughs> <laughs> what is a circle? 
degrees. Thank you. That it took me three hours to find out. Just kidding. College educated. Yes. So yeah, the circular intersections in general were have been around since 1768. Old shit. Wow. But the modern day roundabout is as recent as 1960, and. The modern roundabout, designed by our very own Frank Blackmore, became a mandatory part of the United Kingdom's uh, like future roundabouts because they've been proven to be safer for pedestrians, more intuitive. It eliminated that need for a turn signal. And they actually, it's better for the environment because there's no acceleration, braking. It's not as drastic of a difference. You just continue your momentum. So there's less... Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Less gas burns. Yeah, less air pollution. Yeah. So it's a great idea. Thank oh. you, Frank. Yeah, the modern roundabouts took Europe by storm. Fuck yeah. With Norway and France in the beginning. Of course, because I feel like, honestly, Norway does a lot of things really well. I feel like they're very adaptable to change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it makes sense that they would be like... Mm -hmm. But yeah, so European countries took lots of different approaches to roundabouts. The Netherlands enjoyed the mini roundabout, also created by Frank Blackmore, which is, I guess, just... Yeah, I guess it's just a one-lane roundabout, so like the ones you were just talking about, the two-laners... That's supposed to be the standard? I guess that is a standard modern roundabout. (sighs) So you are familiar. I'm so glad. Wow. However, American confusion at how to enter... And especially how to exit these roundabouts has been the sub- subject of much mockery. Oh. In the United States. And I guess the world? But what? Because Americans don't know how roundabouts work? Americans are clueless as to how roundabouts work. Our roundabouts in the United States are very, very simple in comparison to European roundabouts. <gasps> what? I mean, France was mm-hmm. building 1,000 new modern roundabouts a year as of 1991 and in total as of 2010 they had around 30,000 roundabouts in France alone how many do you think the United States had by 2015 so five years later okay so France had 30,000 30,000 modern roundabouts in 2010 2010 (laughs) and okay so I'm gonna guess that that the United States had 5,000 whoa am I right am I right (gasps) 4,800 That was really impressive. Is this boring you? Do you already know all this? I looked it up. Shit. That has to be a reflection in, like, priorities. What is that a reflection of, I wonder? (sighs) That's what I'm interested in as well. Okay. Roundabouts were prominently featured. I'm actually not sure if it was prominently, but featured nonetheless in the hit film European Vacation with Chevy Chase in in 1985. But yeah, so naturally, good old Frank Blackmore... He brought his legacy stateside with a huge-ass educational campaign that literally took years of planning. So he's all up in Europe. He's like, yeah, France, they love me and my roundabouts. And so is Norway. And then he gets to Summerlin, Nevada in 1990. And it's summer. Don't you know it. And they, uh, well, let's just say that Poor Frank's creation was definitely not well received. Um, a local news programming broadcasted that even police agree 
Roundabouts can be confusing at times. Oh my gosh. I mean, can you imagine you're preparing for years? Years! And you have a whole educational campaign about roundabouts. Your life is roundabouts. roundabouts. And Oof. Your, your 15 minutes is... Roundabouts can be confusing at times. Oof. Even police agree. Oof. I thought that, like, you choosing this topic was hilarious. But, like, having your entire life... Yeah. Be dedicated. Right. I mean, props... I just, this is why I could never be an engineer. Yeah. Because I don't think I care enough. I do care yeah. that there are hamburger roundabouts in this world. But other than that, yeah. I think I'm good. I want to know about the magic roundabouts. I do too. I, I did, I gotta be honest, I did look into that one a little bit more. Because yeah. I was like, magic? Yeah. And I guess it's one where cars can go like underneath oh, the roundabout as up. well. So yeah, there's like That's a top crazy. and bottom portion. Yeah, that would be too confusing. Component. Yeah. Parking garages are too confusing. As they is. really are. So, like, yeah. add that with regular traffic? No. Like you so accurately guessed, December 2015, there were 4,800 modern roundabouts in the U.S. <sighs> but, yeah, that's really not that many in comparison. And it begs the question, why do we not have more? Because research has shown that they lead to less pollution, less road noise, less accidents just it's safer for pedestrians i mean there's so many yeah. reasons to adopt roundabouts countries will use the inner circle island to do like art installations sometimes Too cool yeah so there's so many fun things you can do with roundabouts they can be just plain fun but over here in the united states we just don't don't seem to be as as receptive to that change and I think the American way is to question things mm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing but considering that you know we came from Puritan England and mm -hmm. that was a place where you know you just kind of accept what the king says yeah is what I assume it's, right it's part of our culture to question and be skeptical of new new things new things but at the same time but also no we also embrace new yeah. things I mean, we are a new thing. We're a new country. Right? Like, that's that's where I'm at. Like, what, isn't that the point of America? Also, I, I just keep thinking, which this makes me feel like a middle-aged woman, which I am not. You're a quarter-aged woman. I'm a quarter-aged woman. Yeah. Um, but I remember, like, back in our hometown, there was a huge, like, town debate over whether we were going to get a roundabout put in mm. on 247 and Jefferson. Or Division? <gasps> no, 246. No. 246 and Division. This that's is it. important that's unless it. you live in our yeah. town. But that's okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, there had been an... It was... So that was a big intersection because there were multiple schools that people and, had to go through. And there had been uh, pedestrians hit and killed in... Yes. In the intersection. I remember that. There was a semi-driver that was kind of blinded by the sun yes. and ended up hitting an old woman yes. who was crossing yes. and killed her. Yeah. 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 It was such a hot topic. Yes, a hot topic and, like, really transformative for our town at that time. Which is hilarious. It's hilarious, but also it's, like, it's really interesting to know that statistically, generally, they are safer. They are better for the environment they are yeah just more practical in a lot of ways right yeah yeah no i i 
absolutely. They, those are the three things I just keep saying. Yeah, no, and absolutely. But that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it's very interesting to to see the American take on, you know, just regular items. Everyone needs a take. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs a podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe <laughs> to ours. Everyone needs one. This so, is yours. This is yours. This could be yours. Anyway. So, Frank left the TRL, we're abbreviating now, in 1980, and he continued to work overseas as a consultant in places like Bangkok, Baghdad, and California through his entire retirement until June 5th, 2008, when sadly he passed, and I don't know why. Whoa. Yes. Wait, okay, how old would that make him? He died at 2008, you just said it. 92. 94. 90. It's 84 <laughs> plus 8. 84 plus 8 is 92. Amazing. 92. Yes, 92. I am positive. I would okay. bet my life on it. <laughs> <laughs> Help us. Yes. I think what sums up the American way best mm-hmm. is this final quote I have from unnamed citizen who commented on The Onion. Yes. I've driven... The, I'm going to do it in an accent just because I feel like that's really what... Do what feels right. Yeah, I just... Thank, thank you. I'm going to do what feels right. I've driven this way every day for 15 years, and I... S- <laughs> I'm going to start over. <laughs> I've driven this way for 15 years, and I still have no goddamn idea if I'm supposed to signal before exiting or what the sign with those fucking arrows mean. <laughs> Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. A pedestrian now? Ah, press time. Oh, Ambulance my. driver on his way to a six-car pileup in the roundabout confessed that he, too, was just winging it. Oh, my God. I hope you liked that tr- attempt at a southern accent. It was funny. I liked Thank it. Thank you. Head <laughs> burner. You know, it just has to go with the theme. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I think that sums up the American way. That does. Just wing it. Just like the freedom on the wings of... The bald eagles that define wing our love of country. It. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to end this <laughs> now. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. On that, that took a turn. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to Lad Took a Turn, the podcast. Written, produced, and everything by us, Kate Geary and Hannah Domish. It's pretty DIY. If you're digging the pod, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Lad Took a Turn wherever you're listening to this podcast. I mean, if you made it to this point, you at least were like bored enough to listen. I know. Either way, you can also check us out on Instagram and on TikTok at That Took a Turn Podcast. Special thanks to Garrett Burns and special thanks to our listeners mm. for listening. Our theme song is by Music Unlimited. Don't forget our handsome prince, Tony the Dog. This has been a Handsome Prince production.